All right. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Happy? If you're happy and you know it. <laughs> I was going to say give an extra offering. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, <laughs> man. Happy Mother's Day to the moms. You're awesome in this place. Praise God. And uh, hey, real quick, before we get into some word here today, uh, wanted to let you know that next week, all three services, I was going to say this during the baby dedications and forgot three times in a row. Fourth service, I think I'll get it. <laughs> next week, we are back to all services available for our kids, Okay. Today, we're one, we're what? Starting at first grade. Next week, we go all the way down to pregnant. Okay? And, uh, and, uh, our teams are working hard and doing it right and doing everything in a safe way. And they're working extra hard to be able to do that. I know from some have even told me that their idea of coming to church with, you know, their little ones is far from being focused as you can get. And, uh, and so I understand that, and we're glad we can come to people online as well. Uh, but next week, we open it wide up, okay? And uh, I know the kids' ministry can use some of you, if, you're, if, if that's your heart. They, they can use extra help during this time because of the uniqueness of what we're doing. And uh, if that would be you, uh, you'll be a real big blessing to them. Amen? And to the body. Praise God. All right. You ready for some word today? Come on, let's do it. Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible, got your Bible apps. Matthew chapter 6 is where we want to be. And I'm going to continue with the, the fourth part of this series called Focus. Focus. Matthew 6, Jesus said in verse 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. All right? So so the real emphasis uh, in Jesus' teaching here is to be singular or focused, not divided between two things. This principle will help everyone really, I mean, in all areas of life. You take God out of the equation. How many know if you can focus on one thing, you're going to do that one thing better than everyone else who's doing 12 things? Right? You'll be better in your career. You'll be better at whatever you put your hand to if you can, you know, harness, if you will, the power of being focused. Okay? My purpose is to take a principle that God created and not just to use it uh, in all areas, but primarily I want to help people focus on God. If you can do that in your life, you, you'll be way better off. As Jesus said, you'll be flooded with light. Your whole body will be full of light if you're able to focus on him. Okay? And that's everything you and I want. Full of all that God is. Full of light. Full of goodness. Full of health. Full of strength. Full of wisdom. Full of peace. Full of love and joy. All that God is. If I will keep my mind on him. So it's not up to him. It's up to me. What I have in my life is not up to God's choosing. 
It is up to me whether I take what he said seriously. And if I will utilize it, put it in practice in my life, I reap the benefits and God smiles. Amen. I like to put a smile on God's face. And, uh, and so that's what, what we're doing here. When I'm talking about focus, this is more than paying attention in church. Okay? It is about discerning good from evil. It's about knowing what, what in your life is of God and what's not. It's about living your life and recognizing the God elements versus something else in your life. Okay? If, however, we take this time we have right here, right now, and with every amount of effort that it takes, with everything within us, we focus on the Lord for a few minutes. It will help you tomorrow. It will help you the next day. Think about for a moment the person who works out, maybe goes to a gym and lifts heavy things, right? Are they only strong while they're at the gym? When they walk out the door, do they lose everything they were working on? No. They work out for an hour, and then they benefit from that hour throughout their week or for the next day or until they go back there again, right? The idea is not if you're going to be strong, you have to work out 24-7. No, that's not how it works. You do what you do intentionally on purpose, with dedication and focus, and then benefit from it in the rest of your life. When, this is how focusing on God works. Say, am I going to focus on Him 24-7? Not, in the, not, not that way. I mean, in one sense, we want to get it to where we're conscious of it. I have my muscles 24-7. You know, I have my God consciousness 24-7 because I have set aside certain points in my life, one of them being a church service, but that's just one, where I focus on him. And in that place, my focus muscle grows. Yeah? And I'm able to then use it throughout my week. Everybody okay today? This is really, really important. And you can develop this. But if we don't do it intentionally, you're not automatically going to be zeroed in on God. You will be focused on the world and the cares of this world and the needs that you have and the problems around we can fix it. Amen. I read this to you last week. Let me share it with you again. 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is, that is in Christ. I want you to notice how the serpent, you know the serpent is the devil. What is his strategy? How does he corrupt people's minds? He corrupts them with complexity. He's trying to get us away from, what's the word? Simplicity. There are some things in life and in God and in his kingdom that must be kept simple in order to work. And the moment I get complex with them, I ruin it. Now, this is a real temptation in a heady society that we live in. In our day and in in the time in which we live, everything is mental. Everything is education of the mind. And I'm for that. That is beneficial in some areas of life. But when it comes to God, nope. When it comes to receiving, when it comes to experiencing the simplicity that's in Christ, that oftentimes ruins it. 
We've got to get back to where we simply keep it at, I'm thankful that my sins are forgiven. I, I have a relationship with, a, with God the Father who loves me. And that's about it. I don't mean there's, no, there's more to learn in life and even in the kingdom. But as far as being saved, having a relationship with God, we have to keep that part super simple or we'll be corrupted. Satan will mess with our minds in this regard. See, knowledge of the physical world has its benefits, but our innate connection with the spirit world needs our attention. Okay? I'm thankful for knowledge of construction and HVAC and lighting and, you know, the car I drove here, the internet that we are streaming over right now to people all around the world. I'm thankful for all that. That's natural knowledge. That's beneficial in that realm. That's not going to help me to receive from God. It's not going to help me personal in my, personally in my relationship. I don't need that. I have to keep it simple. That's when it works. Listen to these two verses. Statements from Jesus. Matthew 18, 17. Or excuse me, Luke. Luke 18, 17. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Okay? Now now watch. Childlikeness works in receiving the kingdom of God. If I struggle to receive, and you could call that answers to prayer, uh, healing, or some kind of victory in my personal life based on the word of God, it is, it's probably because I have made it too complex. If I'm going to receive of the kingdom, that takes a childlike approach. Doesn't mean there aren't more things to learn. I mean, God is a very complex God in that regard. I can't even wrap my mind around how much he knows his mighty power. I can't even totally figure out. We're still studying, studying the physical body, right, on earth. It's so complex and so uh, amazing. But I don't have to know about that to receive from God. That might help in other areas. That doesn't help me receive from God. If I'm going to receive from God, cut out the complexity and get back to simplicity. And I need to be like a child. This other verse says, it's Matthew 21, 16. Out of the mouth of babes and, suck, babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Did you see this? Did you catch two areas we've got to keep really simple? One is receiving from God. The other one is praising him. And whenever we add the complexity, I've got to have advanced knowledge to be able to get my prayers answered. Ah, you missed it. Satan has messed with your mind. I've got to have advanced knowledge and study all kinds of, you know, I've got to study the Greek and the Hebrew and the Latin and <laughs> Aramaic and homebrew. And I've got to know all this stuff before I can really praise God effectively. No, you don't. That'll probably ruin it. <laughs> now, you can grow in knowledge. I seek to have that. But when my worship to the Lord, I've got to keep it simple. It's got to be like a child, and then it's super powerful. This is why, you know, our worship in here and our seeking after God, don't think it's better than what's happening in children's church. Because i got to tell you, sometimes they smoke us. They get way in there. And I know that. Say, are you just saying? I'm saying I know that from testimonies. 
Pastor Doug sometimes comes to our meetings and says, hey, this kid experienced this, and this is what happened in our meeting. I'm thinking, those were better testimonies than I was able to get. Why is that? Because it, that connection with God, receiving from Him and worshiping Him, is not about adulthood. That is about being childlike. And now we got our reputation to consider. When we praise, I don't want to get too out there. Yes, you do. I don't want to be too silly. Of course you do. <laughs> Amen. That's a whole other message. I think I did a series a while back. Um, we bow down. Listen to that one. Listen. Watch how David, as the king of Israel, worshipped God. How he'd go spinning and he took off his kingly garments, was wearing clothes like everybody else, the ephod, and, uh, and he was despised for it, but God was honored. Because he played like a kid. All right. Everybody okay? I, I hope this helps. Come on now. Don't let the kids beat us. <laughs> let them get closer to God than, than us because we're intellectual. We know stuff. Come on, man. This doesn't work that way. Focusing now. When we focus, it allows us to enter into the object of our focus. Okay? We're talking about something that exists that we zoom in on. We're not talking about imagining something that's not there. Not talking about conjuring something up that doesn't exist. We're saying, God, I know you are. I know your word says this. You've revealed this. I know you love me. And we zero in on that. Then that becomes our experience. That becomes our reality. If we don't do that, then this is our reality. The physical world, the clothes we wear, the seats we're in, the cars we drive. That's our life. Tell me about yourself. Well, I, I live over here and I drive, I drive this and I work over here and, and this is my hobby. And I know, but t really tell me about yourself. Tell me something that's important. See, we only relate to the physical world. And what we ought to do is give more attention to spiritual things because they're no less real, but they're often less looked at. Amen. And so, when we have problems, problems are real. I'm not saying deny the problem. No, just don't, uh, don't look at it too long. When problems, you know, crop up, you, if you want to give that problem your full attention, then you will be able to experience the full pain of it. So if you like that, this is how to do it. Just a little instruction here. You can really suffer. <laughs> you can really be miserable. Think about it day and night. Look at it night and day. Talk about it. Post about it. You know, do everything you can about the problem. Or be one who says, yes, that's a problem, and I'm going to start focusing on the solution. I mean, you think about all the things that succeed in, in this world. Even the church we exist because there are problems. Here's the biggest problem. People in this world are separated from God. People in this world need to be saved. They need the knowledge of God. And so we exist to make that happen, right? And then people also then need, uh, they need help. They need knowledge because there are problems with relational problems and health problems and finance problems and purpose of life problems. So 
the church exists. We're doing what we're doing because we acknowledge there are problems, but we don't want to talk about the problem all day. Wouldn't that be boring? <laughs> Wouldn't that be depressing? If I took 30 minutes today to talk about problems and then took five minutes to talk about an answer, how about we flip it? And that's the problem in some of our prayer lives too. Problem, 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 problem. Help. Amen. Instead of problem, praise, 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 praise. Amen. That little switch will make all the difference in the world. Uh, have you ever gone to work and you had uh, maybe a coworker and they were the problem finder? Not, they weren't helpful. <laughs> They're just negative. Now, you need, you need to look, honestly look at real problems, but when someone is always saying, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and they're not looking to be a part of the solution, that becomes very difficult to live with. I've had it before where those, those people snuck into here. And they sat down in here, we didn't even know they were there. But they <laughs> come to find out, all they're looking for is what we do wrong. And, and that's not a good relationship. You want someone who can say, oh, there's something wrong here. Here's what I can do to help that. Here's what I can do to fix it. Okay? In God, or in, and in life, problems exist. That's why we focus on the answer. We focus on the solution. This activates God's power in our lives. Amen. Now, have you ever read or heard about stories of different people, of different cultures, present or throughout history, that had supernatural events in their lives. And I'm not talking the church now. I'm not talking being a Christian. I'm not talking about God doing a miracle. But cultures where you thought, man, I don't know if I believe that. That story about that miracle. Because they didn't even know God. But yet they're too abundant, you know, over a period of time. They're too abundant to just simply ignore Many in our culture would just do that. We just dismiss everything. If we can't figure it out with our head, then we say, no, that's not real. That's just a figment of their imagination. I don't believe that really happened. But yet you look around the world. If you were to intentionally look, you would find lots of stories of, quote, supernatural things happening through history in many different cultures. Why is that? It's because we are physical and spiritual beings. That's true whether you're saved or not. It's true if you're not born again. You're still a spirit being. There are spiritual activities in all the world. Amen. I've you know, read stories about some uh, different monks of different bents that would sit in the snow in their little loincloth and melt it around them. It's physically impossible. And someone could say, I don't believe that really happened. Well, I actually do. And when you read that, when you read the scripture, we, we love this book. There was a story about Moses going before Pharaoh back when Israel was, were, were slaves to, to Egypt. And Pharaoh's magicians would throw their rods down and turn into snakes. It wasn't the power of God. It was the power of the devil. It was occultic, satanic, but it was still happening. And then, of course, God overcame, you know, his, Snake ate their snake, or serpents, and you know. So God's always greater. I'm not saying go this way because it's real. Just because something is real doesn't mean it's right. But I don't want to get away from the reality of the way God created us, and 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 thinking 
There's music over there. Do you hear? <laughs> the reality of, of thinking or, or thinking that all that spectacular or spiritual or miraculous stuff, well, that's just of the devil. <laughs> Thank you. But seriously, it's, it's not... There are some demonic things out there, but God created this world for us to be a part of, for us to partake in. He wants us to use uh, these, these gifts for his glory and for our benefit. But what we have done sometimes is we have elevated intellectual knowledge uh, to the point where we have set aside spiritual things. And all we focus on is the intellectual explanation of everything. And there are some things that go beyond your mind, and they are spiritual in nature. I know many in our culture, at least in our country, have a hard time with that. I don't. I think it's foolish to dis- disavow or not acknowledge the reality of these things happening. I don't want to be duped by something that's wrong. There is deception out there. Nevertheless, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think it's time to bring this back. I think it's time to meditate on spiritual things. You have to do it on purpose. But to take time intentionally. How about every day? How about you go to the gym every day? How about you take some time every day to focus on the Lord and see what realities start to be experienced by you. See how God is more real to you than he was before. Amen. If someone can do this with something false, why can't we do it with something real? Would you look at Romans 8 with me? Romans chapter 8. You might be familiar with this passage. It's awesome. It's good. It's worthy of highlights, underlines, maybe a star, maybe a post-it note on the mirror, maybe a posting on your social media site. Romans 8 verse 5 reads, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So, you notice this, you're not going to live according to the Spirit with your mind on the things of the flesh. Those are contradictions. They have to be synonymous. Mind on the Spirit, I live in the Spirit. Mind on the flesh, I live in the flesh. So that's totally up to me. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice spiritually minded, not spiritually Spirited. You're, a person's spirit gets born again when they receive Jesus and it's made alive. That's done. That's one and done. You don't need born again, 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 again. You just do it once. But then what you put your mind on will determine if you're going to live a spiritual life. You can be saved and live a carnal, fleshly life. Amen. But like I said, these practices of putting our mind on something though used in many cultures and all kinds of even wrong belief systems, were invented, invented, created, revealed by God. He's the one who said, this is how you get flooded with light. You put your mind on something. If you put your mind on me, I get into you. 
That's the way it works. Think about other things that God created that are used for harm. Sex. I mean, no, that's God's idea. He's the one who invented it in creation. He gave guidelines. He said, do this in marriage. It's for pleasure and for procreation. But how many know that activity that God ordained has been used to bring so much hardship, so much pain and suffering in people's lives? But yet God created it, but it was twisted, used in the wrong way. I don't think that God put certain plants on the earth with the intention that we would dry them out, roll them up, and smoke them and get high. Say, well, that's God. God created those plants. But did he create it for that? I'm just using creation. See, when God creates something, the end result is not it makes you more fleshy, if we're using it right. It actually makes you more spiritual. And if it pulls us away from God and the things of God, that's a clear sign. We're not using it right. We're doing that something with that that was not intended by him. Amen, amen. So there's all kinds of things in this world, including the usage of our mind, our focus, our meditations, that can help us or hurt us. And we can use things in the right way. Amen. It's like, it's like, uh, um, I'm not, I, I don't participate in yoga. Do you know why I do that? I don't do that? Say, because you're lazy. No. <laughs> it's, it's because I'm not a Hindu. I don't participate in things and meditations that would lead me away from God. I'm just going to say, no, thank you. Why? I can only go one direction. And if I start diverting and doing two things and participating with... That's my phone. (laughs) Siri, go to your room. Um, how did that happen? <laughs> Trying to interrupt our meditations. <laughs> Focus, meditation, being single-minded is something that is given to us by God to use for His purposes. Amen. It's like I said in the other services. I didn't plan to, but it, you know, I'm not even going to wear the yoga pants. <laughs> but you're, that's up to you if you're going to do that. <laughs> I'm not saying you're, you're compromising your relationship with God. I just don't want to hinder anybody else or offend one of these little ones. <laughs> Would you turn to James 4? I have to go, go to one last place today. James 4. And, and I want you to notice with me over here verse 7. James 4, 7. Popular verse. He writes here, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I want you to notice the two directions. Submit to God, resist the devil. Not submit to God and submit to the devil. It's one or the other, it's not both. I can't can't submit to God and submit to the devil. In my submission to the devil, I'm rebelling against God. In my submission to God, I'm rebelling against the devil. But if we're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, we're losing the power of being single-minded. If you're going to serve the devil, come on, man, go for it. Just do it with all your heart. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but I'm just saying that's how things work. 
you want to have a good relationship with darkness, might as well go all in. But if you call yourself a Christian, if you say, I'm a believer in Jesus, I'm a follower of Christ, then do that only. Only. And if anything is even a question, say, no, I'm not going to do that until I really know that that's fine. Only serve him. Verse 8. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Who goes first there? We go first. I draw near to him. Say, can you get God to move? I sure can. If I take a step towards him, he takes a step towards me. Yeah. He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This is something that God does not like. He does not want to be in operation in our lives. That is double-mindedness. That's the whole focus of what I'm teaching. Be single-minded. Singular focused on Him. Not double-minded where we're going multiple directions. The ERV reads... You are trying to follow God in the world at the same time. Make your thinking pure. There's that word from last week. Pure. NLT. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen, I'm all about balance. I think balance is a good thing. I want to be balanced in life and balanced in my relationship with God. But I want to tell you, this is not balance. Little God, little devil. That's not balance. That's way out of balance. It's not balance to say faith and unbelief. I'm not going to, uh, little faith, little doubt. Just going to try to stay balanced. No. no. When it comes to the Lord, balance is going all in with Him. If you say, well, I don't want to be extreme. Uh, actually, you do. You do want to be extreme. We are extremists here. See, <laughs> so what does that mean? Extremely nice extremely compassionate, extremely bold, with extreme conviction. Amen. Amen. Extremely devoted and committed to the Lord and His plan. Any, any extremists in here? Come on. Come on. Get it in the right context and we want it, don't we? Yeah. We want to be all in with Him. And so what some today call balance is really just a watering down of God's Word. There'll be an absolute statement or promise or directive for our lives and people water it down and say something strong and then follow it with all kinds of excuses or yeah buts as I call them yeah but yeah but yeah but yeah but and all kinds of reasons why it doesn't work that's what we have to avoid this contradiction in our hearts I believe this and then we say the opposite I've seen some good preachers and there's lots of good preachers but Amy knows there's one person we watched one time, and he was saying some real good stuff. I was on TV. I thought, this is really good. And if he would have just put a period there, I could have went to sleep. <laughs> you know, but then, he, but then he added something that was, t- I thought, how can he not see that? It was total contradiction to everything he had sta- stated. And there's a temptation, there's a temptation in the church world to make caveats for things not working for people. You can pray, or they'll tell you, pray and believe but God is in control. Well, come on, man. Which one is it? Do I need to pray and believe or do or, or is my prayer and my belief irrelevant? Because God's going to decide who lives and who dies and who gets their prayer answered and who doesn't, who's happy and who's sad. Which one is it? 
I mean, if I, if, if my eye be single and I'm be flooded with light, is that true or it's not true? Is it true that if I put my mind on these, these things that it matters or is God just going to do whatever he wants to do independent of my obedience, my faith? You see how there's a contradiction there? That contradiction exists in so many Christians' minds. They pray and they pray the scripture. They pray the promise. They pray the word. But then there's this thing in their mind because they've been told, you know, God's going to basically choose whether to, whether to answer you or not. It's like the end all of all discussion. You can discuss the scriptures, the promises, God's covenants, his name, everything so much. And then, hey, yeah, but God's in control. So it doesn't really matter what you do. Because if he doesn't want to, then you're, you're stuck. Amen. Let's beware of conflicting beliefs. I think we should be completely open and honest with God at all times. And in the house, in church, I think we, able, we should be able to be open and honest with each other. And, you know, and in love, call each other out. Well, you just said this, and now you're saying this. Those are opposites. Two conflicting beliefs cannot both be true. And if we get that out of our own belief system, where we're not saying one thing and believing something else, or, let me say this, say it this way, believing something and then acting differently. That's that conflict. That's the lack of focus. We need to set aside those things that are in conflict with us. Amen. Let me read one more verse to you, then we'll finish. Uh, at the beginning, we read the verses about kids. It said, be like children in receiving and in praising. Here's a way we don't want to be like kids. Ephesians 4.14 reads, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In this way, don't be like a kid. Back and forth. Back and forth. One thing one day, something else the next day. In this area, we want to be grown up. As we mature, we become stable. We become consistent. And we have the ability to focus on Him long term and maintain our focus. Can you identify in your own life things that conflict? Opposites. Beliefs that are conflicting. I believe this and I also believe this, but wait. I can't really believe both of those. Not at the same time. Which one needs to go? Well, you look at the book and find what find which one is wrong. But say, you know what? I've been taught that my whole life, but no, that's not right. This is right. And this one has a verse for it. And not just one verse, but lots of verses. No, this one's solid. I can be single-minded there. If we can identify these beliefs or practices in our life that are conflicting, we get to experience the full power of single-mindedness. Amen. And that's when everything works. Amen. See that? Praise God. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. <laughs> Amen. Would you pray with me today? And be conscious of God as we, as we are. Father, thank you for your very self, your presence in our lives right now. You're here. You fill our lives with good things. You're here. You're the healer. 
You're the Savior. You're the Deliverer. You're all, your wisdom to us and direction for our lives. We put our hearts, our minds, our focus, all of our attention on you. And thank you, Lord, for the influx of light. And everything that you are begins to permeate our entire being. Our lives are flooded with light. You're so good to us. Thank you for working in our hearts today. Thank you for working in our lives today. We give you all the glory. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence. Now say it with me. Say, Father God, I acknowledge you, your presence in my life, right here, right now, and every day. You never leave. You never forsake. You're the healer, the deliverer. You're my friend. You're always here. Now and to the very end. Thank you. I'm keeping my mind stayed on you because I trust in you. Thank you, Father, for working. Right there, you're the healer of bodies. Right there, you're the restorer of souls. Right there, you're peace in the middle of chaos. Right there, you are help where there is weakness. There you are strength where there is weakness. We acknowledge you in all that you do. Give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.